0: Hi children, today we rejoin Jake and the Green Group and their fight to save the wetlands. I'm wondering if Jake will see that bite again. Have you seen one? I live close to the Waikanae wetlands and I saw one in my backyard a while ago. They are funny looking birds, a bit like a kiwi really, but taller and with a longer body. Mm, and is a meeting with Ken Duncan coming up? Let's see what happens next. A couple of minutes later, Jake, Simon and Claire were wandering across the playground. Simon grinned suddenly. Now, that's what I call amazing. Why'd she take the blame? Jake felt baffled. Darren gets a hard time at school, Claire murmured. Maybe Amy wanted... Simon nodded. Yeah, gee, she's difficult. Different, I reckon, Claire said. Lucky we've got better, eh? Jake didn't look at the others. Simon and Claire said nothing. They're jealous too, Jake decided. He was a few metres further on when a familiar face approached. Darren swallowed, then said, Don't tell Amy. Jake remembered the times he'd seen the boy being pushed around by other kids. Wasn't going to. Darren relaxed. She'd murder me, and you probably. She'll take on anybody. Like she did Mr. Duncan, asked Jake. Darren said nothing. After a pause, Jake asked, Do you think the wetlands are in danger? Hmm, it Depends. Now the other boy was confident again. There's wetlands near factories overseas where fish go blind and birds get born with no legs. It was Jake's turn to swallow. Then he remembered, Hey, I saw a bird at the wetlands yesterday. I think it was a biton. Votan? Man! Amy would be so stoked. Darren hurried off. Jake glanced around to make sure nobody had seen him talking to a geek, then headed in the other direction. A long Friday notice from Mrs Hay about more choir members needed for the music festival. The festival made Jake think of Peter, and of his own singing, which he knew sounded like a seagull, with a problem. "'He'd have to impress her some other way.' "'Jake left assembly, wondering if Peter had heard from Ken Duncan. "'Yeah, he could impress her that way.' "'He'd ask as soon as he saw her. "'He grinned at Mr White, who this morning was wearing brown laces and his black shoes. "'Mr W could go in one of Mum's sculptures,' Jake thought. "'He nodded to Simon and Claire. "'We've been thinking,' the red-haired girl said. We should put a notice in the Advocate saying why we're worried about the wetlands. Cool, Jake said. Simon winked. I'll write it. You guys pay for it. Jake moved on, grinning. Someone smiled back at him. Peter. He searched for his cool words. Too late. Peter was past. Jake kicked at a concrete step, and limped towards class. Mr Bremner was spending Saturday at the office, working on the stadium costs. After a breakfast where he and Jake's mum didn't say much to each other, he dropped Jake at Back Beach. For nearly two hours, steady right-handers carried him into the sand. A sooty cloud line lay on the horizon. Gulls swore at one another above the waves. As he came up the path, he met Matt. Left some waves for you. Jake grinned. He glanced across at the wetlands, back at the beach, and felt good about both places. Any jobs? he asked his mother after lunch. Any ways I can earn a million? The green group's trying to put a notice in the paper about the wetlands. His mum, laying links of coloured card across the dining room table, smiled. You could tidy your room. Don't talk dirty, Jake told her. Sunday was wet. Rain ripped down from all angles. Jake read some of the environmental handbook Amy had given him. Perhaps he could impress Peter by dropping facts like Darren. Seventy per cent of the earth is covered by water. Be 71 per cent after today, he thought, staring out at the drenching rain. His mother was busy in her studio. She emerged once, dashed through the house, tossed more coloured card on the table stared at it, then dashed off again. Mr Bremner, putting away the vacuum cleaner, grinned at Jake. In the early afternoon, his dad drove Jake to the beach. Mm, No good. The waves were huge and broken, torn up by wind. Jake stared over towards the wetlands, sodden and lead-coloured in the rain. Who would guess anything lived there? See the signs up? said his father. Things will happen fast now. Mr Bremner paused. Duncans will do all they can for the swamp. Just remember, this is about people as well as issues. A lot of jobs depend on it. Jake read more of the handbook that afternoon. He could see where Darren got his horror stories from. Cities whose smog was so bad that on still days the radio warned people to keep babies inside. Other cities that would grow five times bigger in the next 30 years, gobbling up land, surrounding themselves with huge rubbish dumps. He felt glad he lived in Kilcott. It was nearly dinner time when his mother appeared from her studio. She had the happy faraway expression that meant her work was going well. I've something to show you too, she told Jake and his father. I still need some purple card, but do you want to see? The phone rang. Mr Bremner hurried off while Jake's mum pulled a face. More stadium work. I suppose we can do with the money. Talking of money. She was interrupted again by Jake's dad returning. It's for you, son, a girl. A girl? Peter? Jake pretended not to notice his parents' grins. He tried to sound as cool as possible in one word. Hi, Jake, Darren told me, did you really see a bitin at the wetlands? Jake's shoulders slumped. He recognised the voice straight away. It wasn't Peter. I've never seen one. It wasn't Amy's usual voice. She sounded eager and excited. Did it have enormous feet and black streaks on a brown bag, were you... Jake put the phone down a few minutes later, feeling important. No, he told Amy, he'd only seen it for a few seconds. Yeah, it had gone into the reeds. Yeah, he'd show her. Sometime. Someone from the Greens? His mum asked, meaningfully. (laughs) Yeah, said Jake. Let's see the sculpture. The front of each pink stereo speaker had vanished. Inside one... Hamburger boxes cut into squares and oblongs made up a building. On top sat the nodding cat and dog. One wore a sign, Fat Cat. The other sign read, Top Dog. From the building's side, strips of red and yellow card streamed towards the other speaker, like rivers of blood and mud. Inside the other speaker was a circle of blue, where delicate cut-out shapes of birds and fish lay huddled. It's a stadium, Jake exclaimed, and the wetlands. His father said nothing. The phone rang again. Mr Bremner left the room. Jake was all he said when he returned. Same girl. Jake was pleased to get out of the studio. He wasn't pleased to hear from Amy. Yep yeah. he snapped into the phone. Hi, Jake, said Peter. Jake gulped. So he started. But Peter was already talking. Mr Duncan rang. He'll meet us again. Thursday. We'd better talk about what to do. Tomorrow suit you? Yeah, I... Uh, su- but Peter was already saying goodbye. Jake hung up and stared out the rain streaming window. He had to do better tomorrow. His parents said nothing about Jake's second phone call or about the sculpture. They said nothing for most of the evening. Jake was trapped the moment he arrived at school on Monday. Amy's eyes shone with excitement. Darren told Simon and Claire and they all thought someone had told me. Then I was out with Dad yesterday, cleaning up the Te walkway. Can you show me where the biton was? Darren had joined them. Through the thick glasses, his eyes were excited too. Might not have time for a while, Jack lied. I'll go anyway, Amy said then. Keep it quiet, eh? Don't tell the world. I won't paint it on the walls, Jake said, and looked innocently at Darren. The other boy looked nervously at Amy. Peter didn't seem very interested in the biting. We've got to organise Thursday's meeting with Mr Duncan, she insisted at lunchtime. Mr White, in an orange tie and a red jersey, said nothing. Amy glowered but stayed quiet. We should each prepare something to say. Peter began counting things off on her slender fingers. Noise and its effect on the birds? Who'll do that? Me and Claire, offered Simon. I'm noisy. She's a bird. Sexist, said Claire. Peter went on. Types of birds and insects. How about you, Damien? Darren, Amy snapped. I'll do that. Another nod from the glossy dark head. That leaves plants for me and, and me. Jake thought. He was already smiling as Peter looked at him. And Jake, you can do something about runoff, okay? We should have a practice Thursday lunchtime. No Wednesday. That's quite practice Thursday. Maybe I should sound like a seagull with a problem after all. Jake sobbed. More chance of Peter noticing me that way. I'm sending my Wetlands piece to Beat Gallery, Jake's mum told him. Any money goes to you greens. Maybe you can afford that newspaper notice. Cool, mum, his mother patted his cheek. You're welcome. Now I just have to tell your dad. Yeah, thought Jake, and I have to tell him about Thursday's meeting. On Wednesday lunchtime, they practised their comments for Mr Duncan. Jake didn't know what he sounded like, and he didn't care. He'd found in the handbook how Swedish lakes were dying from acid rain, rain carrying air pollution. "'We want a live wetland, please, not a dead lake,' he read from his notes. Peter smiled and said, "'Good one, Jake.' Nothing else mattered. On Thursday afternoon, Claire's mother and Mr White drove them again to Duncan Enterprises. Mr White still wore his red jersey, that he'd swapped his orange tie for a pink one. Jake glanced up at the windows of Parker McLean. His dad had just nodded when Jake told him about today's meeting. Nodded and looked tired. There was silence in the lift. Jake was running over what he would say and remembering what Amy had said last time they were here. The same receptionist met them with the same lack of interest showed them to the same yellow armchairs and blue carpet, and purred the same words, Mr Duncan will see you soon. Then, as she was moving off, the receptionist stopped. She glanced to each side and turned to the six screens. Good on you all. What you're doing is great. Give the boss heaps. Six mouths still hung open when the receptionist returned. This way, ladies and gentlemen, she said. As she showed them into the director's office she gave the faintest wink. Ken Duncan stood behind his desk, blonde hair glinting. Second time round, eh? he said when everyone was seated. Her smile wasn't as broad as at the first meeting. Peter opened her mouth to begin, but Amy spoke first. I've something to say. Jake's shoulders went tight. Oh, hell, Amy. Not again. Mr Duncan, I wrote and apologised, but I want to say sorry. I was really rude last time. Ken Duncan's smile relaxed. So did Jake's shoulders. Thank you, um, Amy. I appreciate that. Now, I believe you others have things to say too. They said them, introduced by Petter. Each time Petter spoke, Ken Duncan smiled. Each time he smiled, Amy scowled. Simon and Claire were precise. Darren was boring. Amy was brief. Petter was perfect. The director made notes with his silver ballpoint. Jake went last. He mentioned runoff problems of chemicals, temperature, mud fast-flowing water that might scour out slow wetlands' creeks. He finished with his line about live wetlands, not a dead lake. Again, Peter smiled at him. Mr Duncan nodded. I remember when I surfed, he told Jake. Hated it when rivers carried farm runoff into the sea. He looked around the six kids. You've done your homework. Remember, you might need to do more but I'll certainly pass this on to the board. Good stuff. The receptionist gave them another wink as they made their way to the lift. Jake felt excitement spread inside him. We've done it. We've saved the wetlands. He could almost have hugged someone. Yeah, he decided, catching Peter's brown eyes. I could. Nah, he decided, catching Amy's blue eyes. I couldn't. Assembly on Friday was full of music festival notices. Amy wasn't. Jake, could you could you show me where you found the Biton? Be better if I don't trample around looking for it. Still warm by yesterday's meeting, Jake heard himself agree. Okay, tomorrow morning, ten o'clock? All right, if you can tear yourself away from your surfing. Bloody marvellous, Jake snorted as Amy moved off. She's only polite when she wants something. It's sold! His mother's beaming smile welcomed Jake home. Artbeat put a sign outside about it, and heaps of people came in. It's sold straight away. You guys can afford a newspaper ad. Jake felt pleased and nervous. Meetings with directors, newspaper ads, art galleries. This was getting a bit scary. Amy pedalled up as Jake's mum dropped him at the wetlands on Saturday morning. Mrs Bremner drove off with an interested look at the girl. Oh, hell, mum, Jake groaned silently. It's not like that. You should get a bike, Amy told him. Car exhausts put lead, carbon monoxide and sulphur into the air. They climbed the stile into the instantly private world of the wetlands, morning sun dazzled from flax and rapo leaves glowed on skinny pine trunks turned bushes into bars of gold and black and grass clumps into yellow-green sculptures spider webs glittered like tiny fishing nets jake led amy to where the ground sloped towards the water's reedy edge over there on the other side he realized he was whispering Amy spread her parker beside a flax bush. They sat in silence. Jake kept as far away as he could. Time ticked by. The fan towel flicked onto a nearby branch, put its head on one side as it checked them, then flicked away. Another five minutes, a small snail with a dappled brown shell went inching down the underside of a flax leaf a silver trail glistened behind it getting out of the sun amy murmured hell jake thought i'm sitting here with amy preston watching a snail more time passed jake's bottom had gone to sleep he began to stretch and rise it must have amy's hand pulled him back jake gaped at the fingers clamped around his wrist The girl's eyes were focused on the far side of the water. The biton stood beside the reeds. The short, solid neck turned from side to side. Little eyes peered nervously. Jake saw the glossy brown feathers of its shoulders and the softer, almost golden colours of its chest. Dark wings spread and the bird rose, neck tucked in, slow beats taking it away over the far edge of the wetlands. Amy seemed to realise she was holding Jake's wrist. She almost threw his hand from her. Her eyes were huge and her face flushed. ''We shall tell Mr Duncan,'' Jake gabbled. ''Show him how important this place really is.'' ''No, you dork,'' snarled Amy. ''It's probably building a nest. We don't want people scaring it away.'' They moved back to the road in silence. ''See ya,'' said Amy.'' Not looking at Jake, she added, Thanks. Her bike dwindled along the road. Jake's father arrived ten minutes later. We saw it, Jake said as he got into the car. It was awesome. Good, mate, Mr Bremner paused, then added, Jake, there's something in this morning's paper you're not going to be happy about. The Calcutt Advocate lay on the dining room table. You better look, love, Jake's mum said. It was Ruth Rivers' column. So-called art, coloured card and takeaway packets. Six-year-old could do better. It gets worse, his mother said. It did. Ignorant opposition to excellent project, self-styled artist, making herself and son look stupid, "'His mum's cheeks were pink. "'I'm used to reviewers who know nothing about art,' she said. "'I'll just put her in my next piece, "'soon as I find a plastic rhinoceros. "'But I'm sorry she's picked on you, love.' "'Jake felt sick. "'It was the taking sides business again. "'I'm sorry too, mate,' said his father. "'But I'm not surprised. "'People want the stadium. "'The birds want their wetlands. "'So you just do what other people want?' Son and mother spoke together. Jake's dad walked from the room. The adult Bremners were awkwardly polite to each other for the rest of the weekend. Jake knew his father was hurt. He wished he could make things all right. He was glad to get out of the house again. He took his mum's old bike. Haven't used that for centuries. Thought of cutting it up for a sculpture. And rode down to Back Beach, surfboard under one arm. He hoped he didn't see Amy. He could imagine her smoking at the bike. This time he was zigging down the beach path as Matt came zagging up. See Ruth, what's-a-face, getting at you in the paper, eh? How's it feel to be famous? Feels like something I can live without, thought Jake. He spent an hour riding good steady waves. Other guys arrived till the sea was flecked with boards. Then, as he knew he would... Jake climbed back to the road, hit his board, and went into the wetlands. He found a patch of rough grass beside a bush, lay back with arms behind head, and stared at the sky. The air was clean and cool. A feathery sea drifted past. Insects hummed and hovered. The fantail sat on a branch and told Jake its life story. A couple of Canada geese rode across the sky, The human world seemed small and unimportant. The human world returned as Jake and his bike started home. A faded car with two guys in front hooned up the road, skidded to a stop overlooking the beach, then tore off, spraying dirt. Jake deliberately didn't look. Idiots like that give surfing a bad name. You going to write to the paper? Jack asked his mother on Monday morning. Mrs Bremner shook her head. She'll soon find someone else to pick on. At school, other people weren't so calm. ''Doesn't Ruth Rivers know some birds have existed since the dinosaurs?'' complained Darren. Jake imagined dinosaurs flying over the wetlands. ''She can't help it,'' said Simon. ''Anyone called Rivers has to dribble on.'' Amy snorted. ''We should do something.'' Those kids on the news, the ones who got their school to ban bleach paper because of the chemicals it used, they took on a company and won. Jake, glancing round hopefully for Peter. imagined dinosaurs scribbling on unbleached paper while they flew. They heard from Ken Duncan and Petter the following day in room six. Mr White was wearing a blue cardigan with green buttons over his brown trousers. This letter came yesterday. Peter bent to her bag and her hair swung softly across one cheek. Why is he writing to you? demanded Amy, whose own hair sat curly and stubborn. Peter read the director's words. Appreciate your pertinent comments, distributed summaries thereof to the board. will communicate our considered response at an opportune time. What language is that? Simon wanted to know. It's a business letter, laughed Mr White. It's careful not to say much. Can't we bring em up, Amy demanded. Find what they're doing behind our backs. I think we should wait, Cleve said. There were moments of agreement, except from Darren, who was silent, and Amy, who was muttering. By that evening, Jake's parents had stopped being polite to each other and started being normal to each other. The office want to know when your next exhibition is, Jake stared told Mrs Bremner. They reckon if it got up Ruth Rivers' nose, it must be good. I'd like to stick something up her nose. I'd start with... The phone rang, and Jake's mother reached for it. His father grinned, said, Got to finish a letter, and headed for the spare room. On the phone, Jake's mother was saying, You what? Sorry? I'll get him. She passed the receiver to her son. One of your girls. Sounds a bit steamed up. Which girl? Hello? said Jake uncertainly. The gabble in his ear made him jerk the phone away. I've been bitten! Amy was yelling. You've been what? Slow down. I've been to see the Burton. They often come out to feed at dusk. Jake felt jealous. This was his biting. Was it there? I didn't get to the wetlands. They're bulldozing. Jake pictured large, brown birds driving yellow bulldozers. Amy launched into furious words again. He said they'd Listen, the liar, they've started building the stadium, and he never even told us. Oh dear, this is really bad. I can imagine how Amy felt, can't you? It's like the green group's concerns have just been ignored. What will happen to all the bird life? And will Jake continue to think Amy is a pain and Peter is Miss Perfect? We'll find out what happens next time. Hope you're enjoying your school holidays and have found time to visit Jackie and her team at Tacky Books and Co in Tacky. as well as books. The shop has heaps of school activities and crafts. So, lots to do and read. Till next time, boys and girls. Happy reading.